Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is pretty special here because we're at episode number 50. And I have to be honest, when I started this, I had no idea how many of these I'd be able to do, meaning I didn't know how many people out there would want me to. And as soon as I got started, I mean, it caught on quick. But now, I mean, we're receiving daily between seven and 10,000 downloads, depending on the day. And that's consistently and consistently growing. So I'm so glad I started it because I'm able to reach really, really cool sellers. I'm learning a lot and I'm meeting a lot of really nice people and that are helping me stay motivated in this business as well. So I want to thank you for that and uh, say, hey, thanks for uh, getting me to episode number 50. And some of you said, hey, are you going to be able to keep going here with these episodes? I mean, aren't you going to run out of things to say? And the, the answer is uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, talking about this. It seems like whether I'm, I'm recording or not. And, uh, and the more people I meet, the more sellers I meet, I uh, I just seem to be able to uh, to just learn more, but then uh, share more. So no, I'm not going anywhere. And uh, today I've got a really really special guest, and it's a little bit different because it's kind of like a hot seat session. And actually, it is a hot seat session because, and that's actually tough to say, uh, hot seat session. Say that three times fast. Uh, yeah. So he actually contacted me. The guy's name is Keith. Snow. And he contacted me and said, Hey, Scott, I'm thinking about getting into this, but I've got a unique situation here. I'm already selling my product on uh, an e-commerce store, but I'm just starting to learn about this FBA thing. I mean, I'm fulfilling all the orders, you know, and, uh, and he wanted my advice. So I asked him if he'd be interested in coming on the show. And he said, yeah, sure. Love to. So we're going to actually hear you know, where he came from, how he got started selling his own product. And his own product is actually tomato sauce. And it's all like organic and it's all like locally grown, meaning like in the U.S. And he's got a really unique product, but he also has a unique situation because he already has a customer list and he wants to know how can he really do this, like bring this product to Amazon and is it worth it? So we're going to kind of do a deep dive into his business, where he came from and all that stuff. So without kind of giving it all away, that's what it's going to be. And it's going to be me giving him some advice and you're going to hear some of that advice that he's going to be like, wow, I never thought of that. That's an awesome idea. So by him giving me this uh, information, I was able to, to kind of do like a coaching call with him, and from there, now he's going to be able to take this and and uh, take action upon it. He also shared how someone that he knows, and actually that turned him on to this whole thing, is actually selling some cookware on Amazon and how he ran the similar process that I teach and how he's already right now probably selling around 15 or 20 units per day. And he just started like literally five, six weeks ago. So you're going to hear about that as well. So with that all being said, before we jump in, let me just say, I want to thank all of the awesome TAS community members over in the Facebook group. That community is growing. It is getting stronger. There's so much information there, and it's it goes way beyond how I can even help because it's it's so many people coming together, and if you want to be a part of that, if you aren't already, you're going to want to head over there, and the link to that is theamazingseller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy, and again, I'm going to giggle because of the bingo game that we all know about that's inside the Facebook group that you guys made, and I can't stop thinking about that, but anyway... Uh, I, I will eventually, maybe I'll come up with something other than F as in Frank, B as in boy, 
Uh, we'll, we'll worry about that later. Uh, okay. So the other thing I want to do real quick is give a shout out to one of our iTunes reviews, uh, that was uh, submitted by one of our listeners. And this one here, I love the name by the way. And, uh, the name is bonus nachos is the name. And, uh, the, uh, the title of it or the subject line that, uh, they wrote the, the iTunes review says excellent podcast for selling on Amazon five stars. I've ventured into Amazon FBA in the past, but never made it past the initial, this is going to be awesome phase. That was quotes too, by the way, Scott gives a no frills insight into selling on Amazon. I am still in the product research phase, but his techniques and insight have really helped me take my, or to make sure my venture down this road is correct. I've learned something new with each episode and plan to revisit episodes for help when bumps in the road pop up. So, hey, bonus nachos. Thank you so much. And I'm glad that I kind of brought you back in when you were starting to leave the FBA, uh, you know, game, I guess, as we could call it, or the business model, Uh, because, you know, it can be life changing if you want it to be, and if you want to put the work in, and if you kind of understand it, you know, a lot of times you just don't understand some of these ins and outs, and that's really what I want this show to do, is to really like open up uh, and and really make it not so complicated, really just focus down on the things that make uh, that make a difference and that really get results, all right? So thanks for that, and hey, if you haven't left an iTunes review, and if you wanted to, that would be awesome, show a little love for the show, and head over to iTunes and do that, that would be great. All right, so With that being said, I'm going to stop talking. Let's go ahead and listen to the conversation or the interview between me, or actually it's a hot seat, between me and Keith Snow, okay? I'll see you at the end of the show. Okay, everyone. Well, I am really excited today to share a guest with you that I think is going to be pretty exciting because it's a little bit different, and we're going to do things a little bit different uh, today on the show where we're actually going going to go through this gentleman's business who is selling his product already on external channels and how we can possibly bring it to the Amazon platform and kind of, you know, lessen the heavy lifting. And uh, I'm going to let him kind of tell his story uh, in right now and and just kind of tell you where he is, but kind of where he wants to go. And then from there, we can jump in and maybe we can do a little brainstorming session. So his name is Keith Snow, and he runs a, uh, a product line and a website called harvesteating.com and uh, really successful in its own right. And just wants to be able to take it to the Amazon platform. So Keith, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I, I appreciate you coming. And I know you and I just briefly talked before we got on and we were kind of going through it. And I said, you know, let's just stop talking for a second and let's just go ahead and hit record because you and I started going down the road where I was going to start giving some advice and, and uh, you know, you're no stranger to selling um, product. I mean, and you're no stranger to manufacturing and creating, uh, you know, all of the things that go into bringing a product to market. So why don't you just tell people briefly, um, you know, like where you came from you know, and what you've done now so far, and then kind of what got you thinking about moving into Amazon, and then from there, maybe some of your struggles, and then we'll go ahead and we'll kind of brainstorm about how to get you uh, to where you want to go. Sure. Well, um, thanks again for, for having me. And and uh, when I started to hear what you were talking about, I figured that we could um, 
you know, lend some value to the audience. But my background, I started cooking when I was 14 years old in, in the tri-state area, uh, New York, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, around there. And I cooked for about 25 years and uh, wound up becoming a professional chef and um, literally have cooked all over the country and uh, spent a lot of time in the professional kitchen. And in 2000, I was the executive chef of a big ski resort in Colorado. And uh, I decided that I wanted to get out of that kind of 70 hour a week business and uh, raise my family on a farm. So I bought a farm in Western North Carolina and uh, my wife and I started having our children. We have three of them. And during that time I got into local and seasonal foods and this was during the low carb craze. So it wasn't very much in vogue, but I was working with the slow food movement and whole foods and all this kind of stuff. And eventually um, I put together a, a blog called harvesteating.com. And that really took off over the years. I was one of the first YouTube partners. I've created hundreds of videos on YouTube. And um, in that space, I wound up with um, a cookbook. I wrote a cookbook with uh, Running Press. It's a big publishing company out of Philadelphia. And I toured all over the country and the world promoting the cookbook. Um, I've done a 20 episodes of television, a show called Harvest Eating that um, went live in 2012. And that was in 55 million US homes. So that was really exciting. And then I also do a podcast, the Harvest Eating Podcast, which is in the iTunes store. And I've been doing that for several years. And that's really been growing and growing. Now, through this time, um, when you have a a blog like mine, you know, we've done some subscriptions before, we've done some advertising, but it's a very difficult space that I'm in the recipes and, you know, cooking videos. There's a lot of 800 pound gorillas in the room. So I focused on, you know, this radio show and doing the videos and, and uh, forming, you know, a good connection with my viewers and listeners through the years. And um, it's worked really well where they they like what I'm doing and they, they support the show. And I just knew that I had to add some other revenue sources like products. So having a background in, in manufacturing back in the nineties, I took about a, I don't know, maybe a year or two break from the kitchen. And I formulated a product line. Uh, it was in the gourmet food industry and it, it was a bootstrap operation. I started literally out of the trunk of my car delivering gourmet sauces to, um, places all over Boston. And I remember 32 stores said yes before I got my first no. And I spent the next six months um, supplying these people with product literally out of my car, which was just, wow. you, know, you never think about that part when you start. And then all of a sudden you can't get into your apartment because there's boxes everywhere. And it's just, <laughs> you know, people order and you're thinking, oh, I want to get a check, but I do not want to load up a car and drive in the summer and, you know, Boston traffic delivering stuff. Wow. So eventually a food distributor uh, called me and uh, they're still in business today and they, they've grown significantly since the mid 90s but they brought the product on and started distributing it and what happened was I saw the the product line grow and grow and grow and my desire to you know have it everywhere you know I was in my mid-20s not not a ton of wisdom at that point a lot of uh, testosterone not a lot of wisdom pretty pretty bad combination <laughs> but um, I wound up growing myself almost out of business I got so big that the uh, the capital and no banks they didn't care how great your product or sales were they wouldn't loan you anything unless you you know put up your stock account or put your house on the line so we were funding the thing internally and, and it got to the point where you know one day of manufacturing was costing me seventy thousand dollars Wow. 
Yeah, and I didn't need that much inventory, but that's the only way I could get the price down low enough in order to supply these big chains that I was selling to. So eventually we wound up kind of growing ourselves to a point where we had to stop and sort of reformulate and scale down. I, I, I wound up getting out of the business. And then being the, the real smart gentleman that I am, I decided that I just love manufacturing food. So in 2010, I created a new brand called Thoughtful Harvest. And the Thoughtful Harvest brand, we have several products. Most of them are pasta sauces at the moment. And the, the kind of big idea behind these, you know, being with my background, um, you know, with kind of being somewhat of a leader in this local food and seasonal cooking movement was people want to know where their food comes from. They want to know where their ingredients are. They, they want to buy it from the farmer down the road and the eggs from the neighbor, that kind of thing. I decided to create this line of foods where each ingredient was, um, sourced in the United States, but also you could identify the um, the grower. So if you go to my website, thoughtfulharvest.com, you can see, you know, who we use um, for our ingredients. And, and what's interesting in this category is pasta sauces. Most of the other uh, competitors out there, they import most of their ingredients because you can buy it on the kind of global co commodity market and it's much cheaper that way. And you have things like Chinese garlic, which is not good stuff and uh, herbs from who knows where, onions from Peru and, you know, uh, olive oil that you can't really certify if it's extra virgin or not. And it comes, it's blended together from many different countries. And, and I didn't like that. So I decided to go ahead and, and uh, source just like a great chef in any restaurant would do. I wanted to make relationships with the suppliers, know who they were and use those products in my finished product. Now, because I'm doing that, that means that the product is, is uh, expensive. So right away, that poses some problems, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute. But um, so that's the idea. The brand promises you buy a Thoughtful Harvest product and you can look and see that the olive oil comes from California, from a certain um, place in California, the tomatoes. I use Georgia onions. I use herbs from this guy or heavy cream from this manufacturer that's all U.S.-based. So nothing is imported. The only thing that's not available in the United States is the black pepper that I use. And that's, uh, it's, it's, you know, as far as the percentage of um, volume in the recipe, it's, you know, less than way less than 1%. It's just mm -hmm. a teeny bit. That's the only thing that's not available. But everything else we source in the country. So we put this product together and started selling it. And because I've got a following on the internet, um, I sell it right off of my website. And um, I did put it in a couple of stores and I've got some distributors that want the product. And it all sounds great when you want to use a channel like a food distributor. And I've done this in the past where um, there's leverage there. And that's the good thing. It's just me. I'm one small guy, but I could get into a distributor. They've got 600 accounts. So all of a sudden, you know, if it all goes well, you've got a lot of demand going. But the problem with it is, is the cycle to get into a distributor takes a long time. So even if your product is ready to go, I mean, it can take a year to get in the door of a food distributor. And then there's then they start dictating to you immediately. And this is what annoys me, and particularly with a product like mine, which is definitely a premium quality product. There's no fillers. It doesn't have, like most sauces are loaded with water. They're very viscous. And mine is just, you know, crushed up tomatoes, extra virgin olive oil. It's a thick and chunky, you know, beautiful product. So it's expensive. So there's not a lot of margin where you can 
deal with a food distributor and they tell you, well, we want it for $4 a jar. It's like, well, wait a minute. When I quoted you, I said I wanted, you know, four twenty-five a jar. Oh, well, it's got to be four, you know. And then by the mm-hmm. time it gets to the customer, they're paying $9, nine fifty for it. And, you know, the food distributors and stores are making all the money. And I'm over here, you know, risking my capital and, you know, sourcing ingredients from small farmers when, of course, I could get my Chinese garlic and my onions for a fraction of the cost, all that kind of stuff. But I don't choose to do that. And it kind of puts me in a quandary is, you know, how do I go direct to my customer, get rid of all those people that usually are slow to pay? And, you know, when you're dealing with a food distributor, they'll, they'll order the product Oh, did we let you know that we have to have a 15% discount on all new new slots so that right away, whatever your price is, they're going to take 15% off. Then you're required to advertise in their catalog quarterly, you know, $2,500, $3,000 for advertisements. And it's got to be on special. And guess when you get the orders? You get four orders a year and it's only when it's on sale. So whatever price you thought you were getting... Um, and this is, you know, what what you'll learn over time. You wind up getting, you know, fifteen or twenty percent less, and it's a racket. And then you've got to wait for them to pay you, and then they send you these breakage things all the time. And you don't know who your customer is. They're selling it. You know what region it's in, but you don't know who's buying it. And after a while, it seems more like I don't know, more like a job than something. Yeah really fun. And so I've been selling it direct to the customer on the internet from my website. I know who they are and I know what the reorder rate is. And this is what's exciting to me is, I mean, it's probably 75, 80% of the people that try it, come back and reorder. And it's a consumable product. And it's just, um, I've come to a point where I said, wait a minute, I had a bunch of inventory. I'm shipping it myself. And as this thing starts to grow um, to the point where I either have to start a facility, hire people, you know, rent warehouse space and that kind of stuff. You know, back when I was 25 without any wisdom and willing to roll the dice, I didn't care. I'd, I'd go and lease a building, um, sign a lease and do all this kind of stuff. But what happens if it doesn't work out? Now I've got a wife. I've got three children that rely on me. I can't be cavalier with things and I can't, you know, I don't want to go sign some lease on a on a facility and then hire workers to pack boxes and all that. I mean, what if... You know, what if my tomato supplier goes out of business and I can't get U.S. tomatoes anymore? I mean, there's anything can happen in this life. So you try to be a little more careful. And this this led me to the decision to basically sell out my inventory and kind of, you know, even though it was profitable, it just had started to grow to a point where I'd have to invest a lot of money to set up my own distribution facility you know, and I'm like, uh, you know, I love doing it, but again, I'm successful with with HarvestEating.com and my podcast and cookbook, and my other ventures. I don't want to add something that'll drag me down. So, in that process, I started to hear a lot about Amazon FBA because I've got a a couple of products, some of my spice products that I fulfill on Amazon. I'm actually winding that down. And they're always hitting me up, you know, use FBA. And I didn't really even, you know, honestly know too much about FBA at all. And then I started to see some of the resources that probably a lot of your listeners and you know about some of the courses out there on selling on Amazon and a lot of, a lot of experts that in general, you know, they all have 
um, great intentions, but at the end of the day, you're you're spending um, money on education. And I, I wanted to do some other research, and and I came across your site, and you know you're doing a terrific job and in, in sharing what you're doing and and giving um, resources and ideas, and you know just like this episode today, I'm hoping that people can can learn from it. But I'm kind of in the boat that probably a lot of your listeners are. Is I want to take this product to Amazon and let them handle, uh, I mean, the thought of manufacturing the stuff, which I love to do. I'm there when it's made. I'm, I make sure that every ingredient is right and it's produced properly. And then to ship it to an Amazon warehouse and then to let them handle, you know, of course I'll do the marketing and all that, but to let them do all of that, have access to my customer list, but none of the headaches, uh, it just sounds like a dream come true, but I don't know enough about it. And that's kind of why I reached out to you and I, and I want to investigate you know, getting this to work and, um, sure. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, no. And, you know, I appreciate you sharing that story and I, I want people to, to first off, you know, I mean, I know that, you know, you might not be, uh, uh, right now thinking about, you know, launching a food product and I want you to just, you know, kind of forget about that for a second. I want you to understand what Keith has been saying. Like there's a lot to going into retail period, not just in the food industry, in retail in general. And I know a lot of people promote getting out, you know, getting into retail. Um, I think of it as a big, huge, giant headache. And I'd rather, again, simplify things. And Keith, if you've listened to the show, which I know you've have, you have, you know that I come from the background of, you know, I sell information products to, through uh, my other site for photography. And I've been doing that for years. And that just became, easier for me because I was running my own photography studio, dealing with people one-on-one every single week, taking up my evenings and all of that. And it becomes a job. And when it becomes a job, then you want to kind of lessen that. But I figured it out a long time ago that if I can do something that I really enjoy, but then also do something that's going to you know, create something once and, and almost sell it forever in a sense and not have to do all the heavy lifting. And that's why Amazon FBA really attracted me because I didn't want to sell a physical product if I was going to have to handle it every single day and package it and or even hire people to do it. I just didn't want to manage people doing that. And what you've just said, it, it kind of highlights exactly what I was saying. You know, it, it sounds all great in theory, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And then, there, then you're dealing with, like you said, they're going to dictate how much you're going to get, when you're going to run a sale and all that stuff. So to kind of jump in here, um, I do have some initial thoughts and, you know, you did reach out to me and you kind of said, Hey, what do you think? You know, what do you think I should do here? Like, uh, you know, this is what I'm selling. I've got an audience. I've, I've already got that built, which I think you're in a great place to have that because you're already, uh, you know, you already have a following of people. And I think it's brilliant that you did that though, because you created a product, but you also created uh, kind of like a resource that people can get to know, like, and trust you. Now, all of a sudden, you want to buy sauce or you want to buy something from you who's created something. Now, I know my, myself personally, I'm going to probably buy some of your sauce. It sounds delicious. And mm-hmm. and I like it that it's, you know, that, that you're doing everything, you know, here and it's natural. And I mean, my wife and I are pretty healthy. Um, so I'm definitely going to order some of that. So you've already gotten, you know, me to be a customer just by talking to you. And I'm sure on your shows and your podcasts and everything like that, um, you're just helpful. And then when you're helpful, people are going to want to buy directly from you. So I think that's, you've got a huge advantage here. Anyone listening that already has an audience and something else, uh, you probably want to tap into that audience. I know I, I uh, did an interview or he interviewed me actually um, on a, he, and he's in a photography space too, but he was thinking about getting into this thing and he's got a huge following with his photography blog. I'm like, well, sell photography products, right? You've already got the, the list of people that are interested in what you offer, you know, and then now you can just spin it into products. So um, you're in a huge advantage. 
what I would what I would say first off is, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but you can pretty much you can load up your inventory as much as you want. You can start with 100 units, start with you know 500 units, whatever you want, and then Amazon will fulfill that. But they'll also fulfill it even if you sell it through a third party site. So let's say for example you have a Shopify site. I'm just using that as an example. There's other channels that you can use, or you can just do them manually. Hire someone to do it manually. When an order would come through, you can go into Amazon and then have them fulfill that order, even though it wasn't purchased through Amazon. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they'll do the FBA fulfilling for you. Um, you just basically have to create the order. Uh, I mean, literally right now, you know, on my products, if someone has an issue with a product, I can go in and manually send them one. So it would be the same difference. If someone came to your third-party site and they wanted to buy you're still going to pay the FBA fees. That's the only thing, okay? So you're going to still pay for them to ship it, pack it, you know, and, and do all that stuff. But you'd have to pay someone to do that anyway. No, that's true. And, and I've got a, my cookbook is still, you know, it's still selling. It's the Harvest Eating Cookbook. And, um, you know, Amazon and Barnes & Noble, I mean, we sold out of the publisher's warehouse a long time ago when I was uh, out promoting the book, doing a lot of events. Sure. But now when people order it, um, I was, you know, having them here and then having the shipping. But the one thing I do do is when somebody orders it, I go on and then I, I buy it from Amazon, but I'm not using the FBA, but I buy it from Amazon and have them ship it. But I didn't even know that I could, um, to do what you're saying. So that, yeah. that's a huge help there. Yeah, no, that, and, and that's good. And I mean, the only downfall to that would be is like, depending on, you know, you'd have to kind of get a gauge on what was selling, what kind of, you know, what, what flavors or, you know, whatever were selling the most. And then you would have to kind of dictate that because then every month that it sits on the shelf, you are going to pay a small percentage. I mean, it's very small when you're not in an oversized item. It's very, very minimal. I mean, pennies. Um, yes, this also gets me thinking, Scott, on, on the, you know, this is totally separate from the, the pasta sauce product, but on my website, you know, the people support the show. It's a listener supported show. So we have, we have supporting members and a lot of them will pick a package. It's called a lifetime supporting membership. And for a fee, they get, um, they get access to all the stuff on the website that may be behind a member's wall. Most of it's free, but they also get some products shipped to them. And that's something that it, again, it's a pain in the neck to fulfill. I'm happy to fulfill it because it's, it's profitable, but, um, I didn't even know that I could, um, put these, things together and send them to Amazon. And then when somebody orders it, I could have FBA sell it. So yeah, hundred percent. So that's yeah. a huge thing. I just learned. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's totally uh, doable. And like I said, you can even, there's even plugins, uh, I believe, and, um, a good buddy of mine, who's a, a consultant in this space. Um, you know, he actually, uh, has kind of made me aware of that because he's hooked it up through Shopify sites that if someone orders something, there's almost like a third-party plug-in there that will almost fulfill it for you without even touching the order, uh, almost going in with an API behind the scenes. I don't know much about that, but I know that there are people that are out there integrating that. So it's a possibility. Um, like I said, so you have the Amazon workers working for you when you ship an order, but only when you ship an order. You don't have someone standing around for eight hours and waiting for an order to come through or you know whatever. Um, so that's one option. Now, now, the one thing that I would say is when you have something listed on Amazon and it's fulfilled by FBA, you are going to now get, you know, you're going to get new customers, you know, customers that wouldn't have found you otherwise, right? They might not be a fan of your show because they don't know of you, but now you might get new listeners from your show because maybe in your packaging or something on your label, you have something about your, your show or your, your book or whatever, right? So that's another huge thing that a lot of people don't take in consideration, uh, but 
I would say that that would be something that I would do is definitely put up, you know, whatever your best selling product is right now through your own customers. I would do that. And then to really go ahead and jumpstart this thing, because everyone knows that I say when you launch a product, you want reviews, right? And you have, you're going to have plenty of those and not just unverified or verified. Like an unverified review is someone that bought your product from your store or maybe off on another site. And then they come over to Amazon and leave a review. That's totally legit. You can do that. It's just an unverified review. It's still fine. But the verified review is going to give you a little bit more weight when Amazon um, decides to use that in their algorithm to, to help rank you. So you're in a great place because you could give out a coupon code that you can create through your Amazon seller's account and you can send it out to your email list of all your customers and say, hey, for the weekend, I'm going to, you know, give everyone whatever, 50% off. If, you know, you want to go and test it out, I'm launching this new product on Amazon and I, I need some honest reviews. And then boom, you just give out that discount code and you can create 50 of them if you want, all one-time use codes. So this way here, you don't have to worry about a code getting leaked. And uh, you can create 50 codes and say, I've got 50 codes that I'm going to be giving out this weekend. First come, first serve. Boom. Done. And then instantly, you can have now your customers who know, like, and trust you, which you're telling them leave honest review. You know, you don't want to tell them to leave only a positive review. Leave an honest review. And most likely, they're going to leave you a, a a raving review. So that's a huge thing for you. So I, I see you as, as, as having a huge upper hand here. The only thing that you need to do now is really just send the product into FBA, create your listing, get some nice pictures, you know, and put it together and, and then send it out to your email list and get the ball rolling and see what happens. Maybe only send 50 units up or something, or maybe send a hundred units up. I don't know, whatever you feel, um, you know, and I don't know the shelf life on the sauce or any of that stuff. And that might come into play. Um, but that's what I would personally do right off the bat. And, um, you know, I'm sure you already have images and stuff, but I would definitely have some really beautiful images, um, you know, highlighting the sauce, um, highlighting it being used, not just one image of the jar. And, uh, you know, I'd have, uh, you know, pictures that are going to really give that person that experience and also highlight the positive things here, you know? Yeah, no, that's a great idea. And one of the things that I've been doing, um, you know, on my podcast and, and um, off of our mailing list at harvesteating.com is, is letting people know that if they're interested in, in um, whether they be an existing customer or somebody that just found me, if they want to try the sauce, if they just email me, Keith at harvesteating.com. Keith, hold, hold on a minute. Sure. I'm sorry. Hold those on. Pooches. Hold on a second. Who let the dog? Yeah. <laughs> you know what happened? I got my, my, order, my order being shipped right now. It's being delivered. So hold on one second. Sure. No problem. <clears throat> I have a much bigger dog, people, in case you're listening. My dog is a 90-pound Doberman. He doesn't, he barks, and it's, it's a little more scary than that. But those little yapper dogs, they bite first, and they ask questions second. Hey, Keith. Yep. Sorry about that. I, I might have to leave that part in because, you know what, that's legit. <laughs> I just, DHL truck just pulled in the driveway. That's funny. Uh, I, I did a little talking. I was telling your audience about um, <laughs> my dog is a 90-pound Doberman, so he, <laughs> he sounds a lot more fierce, but yeah. I know how those, those, what kind of dogs are those? It's a, it's a, a puggle, which is uh, in between a beagle, and it's a mix of a beagle and a pug. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they bite first and ask questions later. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Brody, would he, my dog would probably lick you like a lollipop. He sounds all like he's going to try to attack you, but he'll just go up to you, sniff you, and and lick it's you, so. Same thing with Viper the Doberman. I mean, he puts the fear <laughs> of death in people because he's very big, 
but he's just a big baby. That's funny. <laughs> All right, man. I, I forgot where we were, but we were talking. Well, I was just saying that, uh, you know, I've been telling people, contact me at Keith at HarvestEating.com and I'll put you on a list. I've got a, I've got a list, of the Amazon sauce list that I'm collecting people that want to, you know, try the product and, and leave a review, that kind of thing. So I've, I've got a really big list already going. Nice. And uh, I'm going to be using um, my email, uh, my newsletter list as well. And that, that's a really big amount of people. And then every Friday, you know, I appear on some other radio shows that get about 120,000 downloads a day. Wow. So, um, they're, they're, um, they're really big and I'm, I'm hoping to do, you know, to, to build up the, the amount of reviews that way I can get out of the gate with this thing and try to do some of the, the techniques that, that you say on the show, because boy, um, just thinking, you know, like I said, the thought of, of having Amazon ship all this stuff and um, just being in charge of the manufacturing and customer service and shipping it to them, it's its its a game changer for sure. Yeah, no, and I, I would be definitely interested to to see that. Now, the other thing that I would add in right away myself is thinking to myself, okay, Keith, why don't you have a product? Why don't you have a utensil? Why don't you have something that you use that you love for cooking? You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking you have a great opportunity for that because everyone's going to want to use what Keith's use, right? Yeah, no, I, I definitely, um, and I know most of the most of the people listening and, and your experience is um, you know, doing some private labeling and I've only and there's a gosh, there's huge advantages there um, because manufacturing the product is, is not an easy thing to do. Uh, it may sound like it's easy, but it's definitely very hard. Being able to find somebody to um, you know send it over like that is is definitely a big plus. But I, I've thought about that, like you know, a special cutting board or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I hope to get to that place. Yeah, because I think that's that's a game changer for you, and I think that that could be another revenue not stream. Not a garlic press. No, not a garlic press. Which <laughs> I'm sure you have a probably a really nice one, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, um, and and you you had said you know you have and you don't have to really reveal the product, but you had um, some people on your show or that you're promoting on your show, and you said that they've since launched on Amazon in a, of a product, not a sauce or not a. Um, not a consumable necessarily. And you said that they've done exactly what we've said. They've gotten the reviews and they've gotten that thing to where it's ranking, you know, now really well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was interesting. And uh, that came about, I guess that's probably what started me down this whole path was one of my listeners to my radio show, a guy up in Michigan, um, he had a friend, another guy from Michigan, who, by the way, um, he, he now lives in Belize. He's got five children. They just said they were tired of... America and, you know, a lot of the things that are going on that they may not agree with. And they said, let's just go to Belize. So they moved to Belize. Wow. So wow. they're they're living on an island off the shore of Belize. So keep that in mind. But they've got 90 years of experience manufacturing um, metal components. So and what they do is they're making um, a, a baking product. And so they they contacted me because my friend or actually a fan that listens to my show said, hey, you need to contact Chef Keith Snow and see if he'll review your your new bakeware. So this guy got in touch with me. And, you know, honestly, uh, I because of the position that I'm in, cookware companies and knives, pots and pans, I'm always getting people that want me to review things or use them in a video or whatever. And most of the time, you know, I'm just so busy. I don't 
engage in a lot of that stuff. But this guy was very persistent. So I did call him on the phone and, and it turned out to be just a terrific guy. We spoke for a number of hours and he um, was in the process of his product was still being manufactured. And, and his is what's unique about his thing. It is made in the United States, which is rare. Most products in his category um, come from offshore, all of them. Sure. So sure. He, he's, uh, he's unique in that fact. But he... Um, he started putting together these emails and I could see this whole thing taking place. There'd be a number of people on the email and he was giving very specific, and this is, I guess, um, you know, a user takeaway here, very specific instructions on how to find the product. Um, instead of just searching, doing a Google search, going on to Amazon. And he's now a sponsor of my uh, radio show, by the way. So when I tell my audience, he wants me to tell them to go to Amazon and use the search bar, hit, hit the down bar, um, and then go to home and kitchen and then type very specific search words into the box there and then to find his product. And then, you know, if you're going to buy it, great. But if you're going to review it, he gives you very specific instructions in his series of emails on how to review the product. And I've watched him go from when, he, when it hit the warehouse, there was a number of people that, that were on this list that he was emailing, and this thing was on like the 23rd page. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was way down there. So everybody, you know, followed the specific instructions, and um, he gave, uh, I think he actually, he gave us, did he give us a coupon code or mail a check? I'm not exactly sure what he did. I can't remember. It's but usually a I code. Yeah, it was a code. That's right. And I went in there and put this code in and then the product, it shipped to me and, you know, lo and behold, this thing rules. So he's, he's got a terrific, uh, you know, terrific thing. And, and I've went on there and I've, um, and I've never done this before. I've actually, this was the very first time I've ever left an Amazon review. And within a couple of days, I was getting um, emails from Amazon saying, you know, so-and-so bought this product based on your review. And I thought, huh? So I've watched this guy go from like page 23. Now he's the other day he was on the first row, the first page, but he's been kind of flirting with, you know, row one, two, and three on the first page for two weeks now. Wow. And he's got, I think he's, he's over 50 reviews. So it seems to be, and he's definitely getting daily sales. So it seems to be working well. And I've, I've kind of watched this whole process trying to take notes and, and figure out. And, you know, when I was watching this, that's kind of how I started digging around trying to find some other resources and that's how I came to find your show. And, you know, I've been digging through the back episodes and trying to learn as much as I can. Um, but this seemed to have worked for him. And, and, uh, you know, I was, I don't say I was skeptical, but I just wondered cause I didn't know anything. I mean, obviously I read the reviews when I order something on Amazon, but I didn't understand the whole, um, Amazon algorithm thing and how reviews can move you up the list and how manufacturers can do things to, expand, but I've seen it work with him and it's made me, um, you know, take a lot of notes and, you know, obviously listen very, uh, clearly to what you're saying and, and trying to, to put these things into practice because I want, I want to be able to, to succeed with this product on here. Yeah, no. And I, I want to highlight a few things that you said about what he's having people do. And it's great that he's, he's actually instructing people on how to actually, purchase the product with the coupon, and then afterwards, what to do. So this way here, he's able to get that review and an honest review. But really, the important thing I want to say here is what he's doing there when he's having people go to the home uh, home and kitchen or whatever category, and then from there, search for a certain keyword, he's doing that because he's forcing people in a good way to basically find his product, 
through that keyword search because now Amazon is going to be like, oh, this person went to home and kitchen, they typed in this keyword, and then they went over and bought this product. So because all of those events happened and the order was completed, well, now we should rank that product for that keyword. So the more sales that go through that way is going to help him improve his ranking, which it has, okay? Now, you guys may have heard me talk about before, and you've heard it out there with all of these other courses and stuff, talking about the, the keyword URL or the super URL, as they call it. It's basically where you kind of manufacture that link by adding the, the keyword search string into the URL. So when you send that link to people, they click on it, and it appears as though they searched and found that keyword, found that product using that keyword. Well, Amazon will start to get wise of this if they haven't already, but by the way he's doing it, it's totally basically taking them by the hand and saying, click here, put this keyword in, then go from here, find this product. So there's no, there's no way that Amazon can say that that was not, you know, genuinely done. It's actually being done. It's like him just saying, okay, point here, go there, do this, and then check out and use the coupon code. So his, his process is actually the best out there because it's actually really happening that way. Um, yeah, so I'm actually looking at his listing right now and I'm seeing, you know, I don't know a tremendous amount about the number of reviews. I've, I've heard you lately say that, you know, if something's got a thousand reviews and the next one has got 200, you feel pretty good that you can compete. His product only at this point has 54 reviews. He's the third product listed on the page above him, 1,661 reviews for one product. The next one's got 160 reviews, then him with 54. And then underneath him, you've got products with 185, 238, 458, and they're much less expensive than his because this is a higher quality product. So yeah, it definitely, uh, what you're saying is spot on. Now do, do me a favor while we're on here, take, go and click into his listing, like click on the listing, like you're going to look at the product mm -hmm. and then scroll down to where the description area is and look at his BSR currently right now. And I'm assuming this is in home and kitchens, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just go ahead and, and see if his BSR is being listed, the bestseller rank. Okay, at 6,170. Okay, so that's decent. Just launched the product not too long ago, right? Right. And, and it's in home and kitchen. And um, I know some people that are selling in home and kitchen. And, and that's selling probably, I would say, a minimum of 15 a day, maybe 20. Yeah, I think that's it's right about there. Yeah. yeah. So not too bad. You know, I mean, I mean, that's not bad, right? I mean, not it's only got 54 reviews. It, and then to me, what's going to happen is, is, is the people that are buying right now, and th this is kind of where the review thing comes in. And, and some people say, well, the reviews is going to help you rank it. Yes. And no, I think Amazon's going to put less weight on that What the real, the real pull is for having the higher reviews is like you said, you look at the reviews when you buy. So your customer that's looking at his and another product, if someone has 300 reviews, and he's got 54, they're going to probably click on the one that has 300 first because they want to see what everyone else is talking about because it's got a lot more reviews. So it's going to convert higher. So if right now he's got 100 people coming to his page and he's converting them at 10%, he's getting 10 sales. Well, if he can raise that to 15% because he's got more reviews, it's going to convert more people. He does no more work other than just convert people at a higher rate because he's got more reviews. Wow. 
So yeah, that's, that's, that's the power exactly. of the reviews. It's not necessarily, I don't look at reviews like some people were saying they, they were getting all up in arms the other week because Amazon kind of did a little BSR, a little switch where they, they, were, uh, they weren't updating it and stuff and everyone was panicking saying that the, the BSR wasn't going to work anymore as far as, uh, you know, by you giving away product or, or and, you know, kind of spiking the algorithm that that wasn't going to work anymore. And, you know, that may be changing, but I'm all about slow and steady, you know, giving away 20 units a day maybe because then it looks more organic. And then also, I don't look at it like I'm doing it for the reviews to help me rank. I'm doing it for for my product to help convert, okay? But him taking people by the hand and actually having them, uh, you know, put in a certain uh, keyword in the search themselves, that to me, that's a no-brainer. If you can do that and you can get people to actually do that, that's the, that's the best way to do it. Um, I think you might get less people to do it because it's more work, but... The people that do do it, it's going to help you tremendously. And then that's kind of where I also talk about, because people, and, and kind of while we're on this, that's why I want to talk about this, is that's why I, I like using Amazon pay-per-click so much, because what happens is, is if you bid on a certain keyword, and, and let's say that it's garlic press, right? Well, someone clicks on garlic press, or they enter garlic press, they see the listings that you're seeing there, the top 16, but then on the right-hand side, they see your ad. They click on your ad, they buy through that ad, and now Amazon knows that they searched for garlic press, they clicked on your ad that was targeting garlic press, and they bought. Bang, let's rank them for garlic press. So it's the same idea as what he's doing organically, but the pay-per-click is also a way to kind of stimulate the, uh, the ranking for keywords. So yeah, that, That's interesting. Now, what does it mean when you, when you look in that description area and there is a BSR? Like I've seen some yep. people that are competing with me, yep. or will be, um, they don't have a BSR. Yeah, it, sometimes it depends on the category. If you're in certain categories, now I know in the photography space, uh, in electronics, sometimes the BSR is not is not shown, and that's just either because it's a gated community or a gated uh, category, um, or sometimes it's just a fluky thing where some listings show it and some don't. There's really no rhyme to reason for for why it. I have no idea, but I do know that there's some. Like I was looking for, you know, through like these camera accessories one time with this other gentleman and we could not see a BSR on any of them, but we seen a lot of reviews. So we kind of knew it was selling, but we had nothing to gauge it from. And we don't know, maybe Amazon's going to do away with the BSR because the BSR is really kind of like the, you know, the thermometer that's going to let you know, you know, is it good? Is it, is it not? Or is it selling? Is it not? And, um, you know, right now they do give us that data, but if you don't see it, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not selling. It just means that it's either listed in a category or the listing uh, hasn't been, you know, ha- hasn't been designed to show it through it through uh, Amazon. And I have no re- I have no I have no thing to say as far as you know why. Um, right. But most of the time, depending on what category you're in, they're shown. Um, right now, you know, as as we re- as we record this, but. You know, I, I just wanted to share that with people because I thought that that was interesting that you helped someone by them sponsoring a spot on your podcast because in your blog because you've got a pretty good following and they reached out to you and I tell people this all the time. You know, reach out to bloggers like yourself or podcasters and if you have a product that you think that they would be interested in, you know, m- you know, reach out to them. And like you said, you did kind of turn people away and you still do, but this guy was pretty persistent. And kept emailing you, and then all of a sudden you made this connection. Now, now this guy is going to reap the re- rewards of your list, and you're you're loving it because you have someone that genuinely has a good product that you're promoting to your audience. So, I just want to leave people to know too. You know, it takes it takes some communications and some reaching out to people. So this way here, you can do exactly what this guy did. You know, 
no doubt. Yeah, and he um, he's been you know I, I like I said I was very struck on how specific he was, you know, and how some of his communications were were pretty long and detailed. But I understand now why that's the case. And yeah, it's been exciting to see him uh, move up the move up. And you know, with what I'm trying to do is you know I don't want to be I don't, I don't want to sell a thousand units a day. I mean, a lot of people are hearing that be like, what? I mean, if I could sell, you know, 20 to 50, I'd be tickled silly. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to, you know, become the next Donald Trump of pasta sauce, but just, uh, you know, any amount that's being sold without me having to, um, you know, get the thing packed and shipped is a, is a blessing. Yeah. And I think that that's definitely going to be doable for you. I really, really do. And I think the more that you continue to, uh, you know, to really build out your your list and your channel to help push it. Because really what you want to do is you want to push it with your external source, which is your email list, your followers, right? And that's just a huge advantage you have is being able to really drive people to the Amazon listing. And if you can have them actually go down that path that your, you know, that, that your friend there did where, you know, you kind of tell them, okay, you know, go there, search, you know, whatever, category and then type in this in this uh, keyword and then from there guide them through with the coupon then that's even better but even if you couldn't get them to do that you can just get them to go over to your listing buy it show a sale and then from there leave a review you're still going to be uh, you know having an advantage because you're going to have reviews and then it's going to get you starting to be recognized and you know hey you might even want to run some Amazon pay-per-click in this space um, I'm not sure about the food space as far as pay-per-click I'm not sure if, if they're allowing that I'm not in that space and I don't really know anyone anyone that is um, but I'm, I'm I'm not sure if you can run pay-per-click um, yeah, no. I haven't tried. So yeah, I but I'm just saying, like, you have a huge advantage. And my thing is, with you, I'd be pulling you to the side and saying, Keith, man, get an accessory of some kind that you can sell as a physical product and put that in there. That's going to be a revenue stream that you can sit back and just have it being fulfilled. You're not touching it. You're just putting it on Amazon. You're still going to be able to talk about it on your show. You're going to be able to push people over to it and really spike it. I think you're in a huge advantage. You could actually go into more competitive space, I think. You can. And I don't advise most people to go into a competitive space. But let's just say garlic press, let's say, for example. If you wanted to sell a garlic press, I believe you could probably sell a garlic press and probably compete with everyone. And I think you could sell one. You know, so my thing is, is you've got, you know, you've got leverage there. So I would find something that you believe in, that you use on a regular basis, that your audience would, would say, oh, Keith uses that. I should use that. It's really good. Uh, and then that could be another channel of revenue for you that just would be a bonus. Well, I, I appreciate that. And it does sound like a, a great idea. And I have, you know, I've certainly thought about that. Um, and, you know, the more we talk about it, yeah, I mean, the, these little things, you know, for, for the people listening, you know, it doesn't necessarily warrant that your product has to be just a blockbuster bestseller. I mean, there's things that I do with, um, you know, for instance, I am a, I'm an affiliate for, and I don't do really much affiliate stuff at all, but I use um, a Vitamix machine. So um, the people at Vitamix um, sent me a machine for, for, testing or whatever a couple of years ago. And they said, well, why don't you do the affiliate thing? And to say that I, I have not, I mean, yeah, it's on my website, but I hardly ever mention it. I haven't done anything about it yet. Every quarter they send me a check and, you know, I was laughing, I guess in November, uh, when was it? Was it January? I got a check for the fourth quarter and I was showing my wife, I'm like, look at this. I, you know, I've no, I haven't, at that point, it wasn't even on my website. I mentioned it in a couple of radio shows. I'm like, look at this check that they sent me. This is unbelievable. Hmm. 
And, you know, those little income streams can, can add up. I need to take your advice on that. And, you know, my thing is that I've got so much trust over the years with my community. It, de- it definitely has to be something that, you know, that I use and, and really like to, to recommend. But I'm sure there's many products out there that would fall into that category. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you say Vitamix. I was, I was actually looking at that. That's a, that's a blender, right? It's a... It's, it's yeah, for juicing and stuff. Yeah. You, my coupon code, you get free shipping. Yeah, nice. I, yeah, uh, really good. A Vitamix is, you know, I've always used just a regular blender and I've seen the Vitamixes and our neighbor had another, they had a blend tech, which is pretty cool. But the Vitamix is unique and it's got the plunger and that's what they use in most of the Starbucks. So you can, I mean, you can put whole apples, oranges, a ton of ice, all kinds of fruits and vegetables, turn this thing on. It's got this plunge stick and you just press it down and not only is it liquefied just about anything, but it makes it really smooth. It makes a just a gorgeous mouthfeel. So it's an awesome machine. We absolutely love our Vitamix. Yeah, I was I was watching some, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, sit there and watch an infomercial, or sit there and watch, uh, you know, QVC one night or whatever, right? And and we, you'll see these things, and and that caught me eye my eye because I I we do make smoothies and and stuff, but really what caught my eye on that there, and I'm getting a little off topic, but I get excited about it because I'm 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 really close to buying it. So you have to give me your link. I'll buy it through your, your site sure, sure, yeah, um, like, yeah but uh uh you know it makes soup too right it makes it hot yeah you can yeah you can make soup it even cleans itself but you can make soup and then it's done you pour it out you put in a couple cups of hot water one drop of dawn you put it on the machine you turn it on for a minute and then um you pour it out and it's clean. It just whizzes itself clean. That's but, awesome. Yeah, a lot of people will buy. There's another. What's the other? And you know, when we were filming our television show, manufacturers would be sending stuff through the woodwork to to use on air, and we wound up using, um, what is that thing? You guys are probably Ninja. It's a yeah, Ninja. Yeah, yeah, I got one of them. Yeah, and that's you know that's definitely a step up from the standard one, it's but still that's not no that Vitamix. Yeah. It's no Vitamix. No. Yeah, the Vitamix is in a totally different league. No, it it is. It's awesome. But anyway, if ever anyone out there is thinking about a blender, go with a Vitamix. Yeah, they're not go. cheap, but but <laughs> no, I, that's the thing. Yeah. It's a but that thing will last forever. I mean, those things they're they're like tanks. Yeah, no, they're heavy and they're uh, they're not that really that big either. I mean, they're they're a good size, but they're squatty, aren't they? They're they're more. Yeah, they're pretty squatty, and they're what's cool about them. They're made in Ohio too, which is nice. Nice, nice. yeah. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan, um, and I'm gonna get one. So, uh, all right, Keith. Well, I think that this was been this has been different, but I think that it's been uh, I think it's been valuable because we definitely touched on a lot of different areas here, and I think people just like hearing the story of like you know you came from like the distribution and this you know selling into marketplaces and retail and all that stuff and. And I just want people to realize that, you know, you can you can see these companies and you think that they're doing really, really well, but yet there's still baggage and there's still things that you got to say, is it worth it to go down that road? And it's, it's just great that you're coming after the fact and saying, maybe I should give this FBA thing a try. Um, and I think that that's going to be eye-opening for some people because there is going to be people listening that do have businesses that are doing okay right now offline. Uh, and they want to bring it to online. And uh, I think that sharing your story and kind of doing a little brain, brainstorming session here is helpful. And uh, and like you said, I mean, there's a few things right now that we pulled out that you're like, okay, you know, maybe I could do that. Just like the fulfilling, uh, you know, by Amazon, but through your own website and not having to, to actually house the stuff yourself. Yeah, and you just got me thinking about something. A company contacted me recently and, uh, you know, I've done videos for companies that have products that I, that I like or would believe in. And uh, this company 
they're in New Jersey and they represent a couple of, um, they're, they're small appliances, kitchen appliances, and they've got the, somehow they've got the exclusive U.S. rights to sell these things in America. And they're only using, they started out doing regular distribution, but now that, that's all they do is Amazon. And, and this one guy just contacted me the other day and he's been sort of nipping at my heels since um, January, but he wants me to make some videos for a food processor that he has. And um, it sells exclusively on Amazon and he says they do really well there. So I think you're right that a lot of people, you know, will see that if a product happens to sell in a retail environment, um, you know, and the other thing, if you think about the economy in general and you try to take kind of a, what do they say, a 30,000 foot view, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people, depending upon what kind of product you have, um, a lot of people, um, it seems like the people that have money nowadays um, order a lot of stuff from Amazon. So just the fact that you're on there, you're, you're dealing with people that are tend to be a little more computer savvy. They tend to be a little higher income and they trust Amazon. So... You know, you're not. You're, I think you can expand your sales just by going on there because of the the amount of people and also the Prime members. I mean, you would not believe. I've been saying people, if you want to try my sauce, email me Keith at harvesteating.com. I'll send you a coupon. And loads of people have emailed me and said, yeah, we want to try it. We're Prime members, so we definitely we'd rather buy it from Amazon than you. And these are people that either had bought from me in the past or they could buy from me, but they're they'd much rather shop off Amazon. So they they've got that going on for sure. Yeah, no, they they absolutely do, and it. They'll get free shipping and all that stuff. And here's another thing that just came up to my head here uh, when you were talking is, you know, you could totally do this too, because I'm pretty sure that Amazon is close if they aren't already, but that you can almost have a subscription where every month they get four jars shipped to them or something. Yeah, I like that idea. That'd be nice, right? I mean, Sweet. I know right now Tide's got this thing that they got a button in the laundry room that if you push the button, it goes through your Wi-Fi into your computer, into your account, and it reorders Tide. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I laughed. <laughs> I've got some, you know, very kind of computer savvy guys, and and I I was laughing just a year ago, and they're like, "Yeah, we order our toilet paper from Amazon." I'm like, "What? Yes. <laughs> what yes. kind of a freak are you?" And he's like, "No, we order. It's on subscription. Toothpaste, you know, yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Underarm deodorant, this, that, all baby supplies just shows up from Amazon, and you know, after a while, you kind of." Who who wants to go to Walmart? You know, exactly <laughs> from Amazon. It makes it so much easier, and you know, and a lot of people say, "Well, it's only for the young people." I got to be honest with you, and I'm not saying my father's old, but <laughs> he's he's old enough that people that are his age usually aren't using the computers like you would think. He buys everything on Amazon. He loves it. He just wants to buy everything on Amazon. He gets points, right? He's a Prime member, uh, you know, and I'm just noticing that even a lot of his friends are, and it's just common thing now. So, uh, yeah, to be there, and again, like I said, it, it's a it's a buying ecosystem, right? People are there to buy. They're not there searching for a solution or searching for this. They're searching to buy something that they've probably already did some research on. Um, so, uh, you know, it's definitely a great place to be if you're not there already and even just to test it. So for you even, I mean, you've got, you've got the, the power to be able to just ship up some product and sit there, do a little promotion for it and see what happens. You know? Now, let me ask you a question. Are they going to tell me when I um, create my FBA listings, do they tell me, you know, which warehouse to send it to? Yes. How does that yes. all work? I, yeah, that's, that's real, real simple. And it's basically connect the dots, but you're going to go in and you're going to fulfill your, your order. You're going to say basically after your listings created and you can create your listing like today, right? And you just basically, you can create it, but you're going to say FBA, but they're not going to make it live until you actually send them inventory. 
But you can see, you can put the pictures up, you can create the bullet points, you can create the title, the, all that stuff. So I didn't know that either, and yeah. I was kind of dreading having to do it all at once. No, so. no, no. You can do it. And I, I always tell people just get up the skeleton up now. And uh, and the only thing I would ad- advise you to do, and we actually just talked about this. We did a workshop last night, and uh, we were talking about this. Is you definitely want to? There's a little checkbox there, and it says, um, "Do you have variations?" So what the variations will do is if you wanted to do, uh, you know, a different type of sauce, you could add actually different kinds under the same listing. Uh, so this- you know, we, we have three flavors. We've got a, a sun-dried tomato with rosemary. We've got a flame-roasted red pepper. And then our newest flavor is called creamy basil pesto. And what seemed to really... Um, you, you could buy them individually off my website, but we also had a combo pack and it seemed like, I don't know, 70% of the people were ordering the combo pack. Wow. So I was hoping to be able to do that on Amazon. Well, here's, too. here's a, here's a thing for you too. Be before I get into that though, let me just say that. So when you create that listing, you want to say that it's a variation. So this way here, even if you don't have a variation right now, you got one flavor you're going to put up, you can always add the variation later. But if you don't check that box that says a variation, it won't create it as a variation listing. And then you can't in the future. So okay. just just know that you wanna you wanna basically check the box that says variations, and then you can fill out the variations later. But what I would do in your case is yes, flavors, but then you can also do the three pack, right? So the only thing is with the three pack, it's got to be packaged as a three pack. They're not gonna package, you know, they're not gonna take three different products and package it in one and call it a package. So oh, okay. so you would have to have that package shrink wrapped, whatever, and then have to have a UPC code for that particular item all by itself as its own package. So it's really its own product in itself. It's three pack. Do you think that makes sense to do? Because like how, how it works with us is when the when the product is made, when it comes off the end of our production line, it's going to be placed into a box of 12, you know, single flavor in a box of 12. Then they, um, you know, they palletize it. From there, I was envisioning um, just shipping, you know, a palette of each flavor or whatever it might be to the Amazon warehouse. And then when somebody orders one or two of one, but I thought that would, um, if somebody wanted a combo pack, they'd be able to, um, pick them like that. But no, I they won't. No, they, they'll, you'll have to do them. So what I would do in the beginning is I wouldn't worry about that. Um, what I would do though, is if you, I would do that on your website and then you can always still, um, you know, you can still fulfill that. But in the future, I mean, if you're telling, saying 70% of them are like that, if you could have your packaging, you know, company or whatever do that where you can create some three packs um then that that's how you would do that but they're not going to individually pick and pack um as far as like it wouldn't be that hard because if we could certainly as they're coming off we could um you know do they have to be shrink wrapped together you think or no i I think that they have to be in some type of packaging you might want to look into that but i think that they're going to definitely have to be like so you can't confuse it right so that's and i would think shrink wrapped uh or boxed um, you could have it boxed that way too. Um, so that way there's three in a box. Um, it just has to be completed. I know with any product, they need to be uh, either shrink wrapped or they have to be in a plastic peel, you know, bag or whatever. Very um, interesting. Uh, yeah. So, but in the beginning, I wouldn't really worry about that. I would just worry about getting, like you said, it's simple enough to just take a box, ship it, right? It's already got your UPC code. You're, you're, all, you're all set with that. Yeah, um, the other thing we did, and I don't know if this makes sense or not, but we went and became a, uh, and I forget the term, like a registered brand yep, or a... Yep, yep, and that's and that's good. And, and some people say, you know, do I have to do that? You don't have to do that. What that does for you is it, it just, it definitely establishes that you're the brand, but people aren't going to search technically for you for brand, especially on Amazon. Really what they're going to do is they're going to type in the sauce or the sauce name, or they're going to type in you know, sauce, right? I mean, um, so really that's also, if you were, uh, worrying about people, uh, hijacking your listing, 
you know, like jumping on and kind of pretending that you're you, um, which I don't still don't think that that protects you fully 100%. What really is going to protect you in that case is just having your, your UPC code and your original branding on your product, which you do. So yeah. I wouldn't worry about any of that stuff. But yeah, so you're all set with that. But as far as your listing to go ahead and fulfill it, you just go through and once your listing is created, it's going to say, you know, send or replenish. And then what you're going to do is just click on that box inside of that listing. And then it's going to say, okay, is it case packed or is it individually packed? You're going to say case packed. And then you're going to say how many are in a pack, how many, you know, what the size of the box is. And then you're going to say, you know, whatever, submit. And then from there, it's going to walk you to the next step. It's going to say uh, something Something along the lines of, you know, do we have to, you know, basically does Amazon have to label these for you? Um, now, if you have a UPC code, which you do because you're in retail, you are going to need an FNSQ number, which they'll give you. They charge 20 cents to put the put, to put the sticker on or you can have it done in manufacturing and then they won't charge you that fee. Um, but in the beginning, I personally, 20 cents, yeah, I would just let them do it just to, again, if you're just testing to see if this thing's going to work. Okay. Um, and then from there, you just basically say that you want to use their uh, shipping provider, which is UPS. You cannot ship as cheap as they can. It's ridiculous. I mean, literally, uh, oh gosh, I'd have to give you the give you the weight and everything. But you know, something for me personally, I'm shipping, uh, let's say, 35 pounds, and it's going. Uh, you know, because they'll tell you where they want want you to ship it. So usually, it can be either one location, it could be up to three locations. Um, but usually, for me personally. For a 30, 40 pound box, I might be spending like seven, eight bucks. It's oh, like, it's like pennies a pound, you know, per piece. Um, so it's really well, affordable. They let you ship by the pallet load or? They do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can do, I haven't done that, but yeah, you can definitely do a pallet, um, ship it directly there. Um, absolutely. And, uh, and then they'll, they'll take care of the freight. You just got to look at their, if you're doing pallets, I believe you're not going to use UPS. You're going to use uh, you're going to use their their trucking company, which I don't know that I know it's going to be cheaper than anything you could probably find. Um, well, that's nice that they that they let you um, pick up on those discounts. That's oh, huge! I mean, when I go into the UPS store to drop my my shipment off, um, they'll always say like, I, I don't I don't get it. You know, like yeah, it, how can you? What are you cheating? Yeah, because I mean, how literally, that box of like 30, 40 pounds would cost me minimum of twenty to twenty five dollars. Oh yeah, and, even more. and and li yeah, and and literally, it's costing me like sometimes it's as cheap as like six bucks, you know. Depending, like if you know, I'm in New York, so if I ship to Pennsylvania, it's the cheapest. If I ship to like Arizona, it's going to be more, obviously. But it's still nothing of what you nothing compared. So for me, it works out to where I'm spending about twenty cents per unit to ship. Yeah, see that, and that, and that's another thing that um, kind of excites me because like when I'm selling this product from my own website, the sauce is it's eight bucks a jar for a, a jar of sauce. And let's say they order three of them, they're spending $24. And then when they get to the shipping part, I mean, my, uh, off of our website, we, uh, we were using FedEx for a while. So it was usually like FedEx or USPS. Uh -huh. And, uh, and then, then they're tacking on sometimes 16, $17. So all of a sudden in their mind, I mean, and for me, when I see like a lot of times I, I would see the order come in and then somebody spent $24 on pasta sauce and then the system charged them like $17 or something. Wow. And it's like, wow. I mean, they really, I mean, it's like they're doing me a favor. They, they really want to try it. They know me and all that. But a lot of times when I go in and purchase the label, because it'll come in, they paid for the shipping, but then I've got to go into my shipping system and purchase it. A lot of times I'm able to get it for a couple dollars less and I'll always issue a refund. And people are like, huh? Because I'll just, you know, I feel yeah. terrible that they're spending that. And the thought of them 
not everybody's an Amazon member, but the thought of a Prime member, but the thought of the Prime members, if you look at the, you know, the conversion, somebody looking at the listing, you know, it looks good, chef, but another 17 bucks or another 12 bucks, that, that's making it the per jar cost ridiculous. So just the fact Absolutely. that they can get it for either less or free as a Prime member, I mean, that's got to increase my conversion. Oh. That makes me feel good because I hate when people have to pay shipping. Yeah, just no, and and like you just said, I mean, Prime members are going to get that for, for free most of the time. So, I mean, yeah, that's a huge advantage. Um, I mean, you're, that's a, I think that's a huge conversion mechanism. So, yeah, I would definitely, uh, I would do that for sure. But uh, but yeah, I, I think we've we've covered a lot here, uh, Keith, and I think you're you're onto something. And I I think that just from l just listening to you, I think that you're pretty excited about about what your what your possibilities are now. So I'm curious to follow up with you in the future and see how things have progressed, and uh, maybe you can even give us an update on uh, you know some of the other uh, people that you're helping and follow, uh, you know their progress as far as their products and stuff. Um, sure. I'd but, love to come back on and say, you know, this is where we are because the people will have some baseline because sure. I'm at square one now. And it's funny, just as, as you were talking, I just got an email coming in from somebody who's requesting another coupon code. So that's cool. Nice. Building on the list. But yeah, I'd love to come back on and, and uh, you know, I got a lot of great information from you. And, and uh, again, Scott, I appreciate you putting the show out. Uh, people may or may not realize what goes into you know, putting on a show like this is a lot of, a lot of research and sharing and being willing to, um, you know, open up a, a lot of your own business details. So yeah. I definitely appreciate it. It's been a great resource and, uh, I look forward to, I was just looking at my iPhone yesterday and I, I saw, um, did I see a new episode pop up? I'm not sure. Monday there should have been. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. yeah. So and I actually, um, I, I talked to a gentleman there who's, who's actually was, he was, uh, visiting Vietnam and I, I, uh, I did an interview with him there and he, he's actually a crowdfunding expert and a product creator and, uh, and now just getting into private label. So it's a pretty interesting interview. Uh, but, uh, but I, I just want to thank you for coming on and, um, why don't you let people know how they can, how they can get a hold of you or how they can check out some of your, some of your sauce. Cause I'm going to order some, I know that. You're going to leave me a review, I hope? Absolutely. <laughs> sure. Well, people can go to, uh, it's, it's uh, Harvest, H-A-R-V-E-S-T, HarvestEating.com. Um, if they want to, you know, if they're interested in cooking and all that, we've got a pretty active Facebook page, facebook.com slash Harvest Eating. And then uh, also in iTunes, if you search Harvest Eating, the, the podcast, we're on our 288th episode in there. That That's um, pretty good. And, and if they want to watch any of my cooking videos, just go to YouTube and put in Chef Keith Snow. That will pop up. And if people want to, you know, look at the, the pasta sauce, there's a, a web page up, Thoughtful harvest.com and they can uh, take a look at you know what we have so far but uh, I, I greatly appreciate it Scott no problem and yeah I'll, I'll link all of that up on the show notes too so people can have uh, an easy way to uh, to connect to that and uh, that way there you know they can they can check it out and I'm, I'm sure that people listening are uh, people that cook so I'm sure they're gonna want to check out some of those videos as well so I yeah, really if they want a coupon for the sauce, Keith at HarvestEating.com. Happy to put them on the list. Hey, there, there you go, everyone. You can have a little, uh, a little discount, and you can help out Keith in the same, in, in the same time. So uh, once again, thanks so much. And uh, again, Keith, good luck to you, and let's, uh, let's keep in touch, all right? Okay, Scott. Thank you. All right. Okay, so I think it's pretty fair to say that uh, that was pretty awesome. And Keith, I want to thank you for coming on once again because, you know, stuff like this, I think really uh, people like, I like 
being able to hear other people's situations and then having someone critique it or, you know, give advice on what you can do to kind of like just shed light on areas that you could improve on or that you can take advantage of. And I think that's really what we've done here. So I really like doing these. So what I wanted to do is something a little different here. If you want to possibly be on the show and share where you are in the journey, in your journey, and you know, you need that just that little bit of extra help. I can't do this obviously obviously for everyone. I'm gonna have to hand pick, uh, but I would like it if you were already either selling a product in e-commerce and you want to bring it to Amazon, or if you had questions, or if you're in the stage where you're just stuck and you can't get past it because of a few things and you want to really, you know, have me dig down and kind of give you some action steps to do like now. So this way here, we can maybe do some hot seats in the future on, on this podcast. So this way here, it really, really will, I think, help everyone all the way around. So if you want to do that, head over to the blog at theamazingseller.com. Go to the contact tab and send me an email with uh, kind of like your background of your story as far as where you are in this process and what you need the most help with, and then I'll I'll see if it's going to be a good fit for the show. All right, so that is going to wrap up this episode. Once again, I want to thank everyone for you know supporting the show by either just continually telling me, you know, it, it just helps motivate me to know that this is helpful and, uh, and also leaving the iTunes reviews or Stitcher reviews or wherever you're leaving the reviews. I really want to just thank you because that does help motivate and it does help support the show. So once again, if you haven't done that, if you would do so, that would be awesome. All right. So that is going to wrap it up for this episode, episode number 50 that is. And, uh, like I say, you only are going to get results in anything that you do by taking action and then seeing what those results are and then making an adjustment or moving forward from those actions. All right. So just remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I know you can do this. All right. So take care. I'll see you in the next episode.